0: What's good, family? It's your boy, Trader Rules from Real Ass Conversations, and I get a question all the time. How do I make a podcast? And what I make my podcast on is Anchor.fm. Anchor is a free app that allows you to make your podcast anywhere from your phone or your computer. You can make money off of this, so please add to your podcast either in the beginning or in the middle. That's free game right there. You have everything in one place, so please download the Anchor-free app or go to Anchor.fm to get started. Please. Let's make this money together, y'all. Love. What's good, real feeling? It's your boy, Trader Realist from Real Last Conversations, and it's episode number 44. I got a good time friend here with me, all the way from Missouri, my boy, Justin. I'm gonna pass it over to him. Let him introduce himself.
1: Hey, I am Justin Aiden. I am from Cape Girardeau, Missouri, um, and I am a realtor here in town. And I—I uh, I don't know—I am a single dad, and I—I I like to party. No, I don't party ever. <laughs> I'm not a partier. I don't have time to party. But I—I uh, <clears throat> like to tell people I do. You know.
0: <laughs> well, you I used guess to be it a party. More approachable. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I did. I, I, th- I don't think I had any kids before I, when I knew you. So, I uh, well, <laughs> right at the end, I might have had a one-year-old and a two-year-old.
0: Funny story. The first week I met, I met Justin. We worked in a restaurant together. And I'm learning the ins and outs and everything. And the first thing he did in front of all the managers was say he wanted to stick his dick in the prime rib. Do you remember that?
1: Uh, I, I I can't say that I do. But I um, also like. I can definitely see me saying something like that. I, I imagine it was a very good p- prime rib. It was juicy. It was even. a pretty good prime would, rib. It's yeah, funny because Chef
0: Ray was behind yeah. you, was uh, so one of our our head directors <laughs> was behind you, <laughs> and, and you were just sense. like, "Oh, always, hey."
1: Yeah, I always say the worst things in the worst possible moments uh, when you know authority figures are around.
0: But I feel like also in the food and beverage industry, it's kind of like a lawless ground. You know what I'm saying? Like, I learned yeah. real quick you got to be kind of like, you got to be lighthearted. You got to be quick on your toes because, like, if you're not, the, the industry is just going to tear you apart. And, like, yeah. I have, like, a sister who's in the industry as well, and she be telling me how she be going back and forth with the cooks and the servers, and I'm just like, that's how you get respected a lot of times because it's, it's a doggy it's, dog, dog world.
1: It's very much, um, so I, I love, like, the bear on hulu and like shows like that because i like i think working in the restaurant industry working as a server bartender whatever it's very much like that locker room kind of mentality of like what 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 we say in the kitchen stays in the kitchen and it's the raunchiest grossest nastiest shit you'll ever fucking hear exactly I, I, so it's but it's uh i miss it what's that I restaurant do
0: movie it? called
1: waiting Waiting, waiting like, like that with, movie with was very road. accurate. Yeah, yeah that was movie was on. very accurate <laughs>
0: to, to what to yeah. what it was. And I, I remember the when I was research, a teenager watching it.
1: Yeah. Uh, the researchers uh, for that movie were uh hey okay, they did a good on. job. No, so but awesome. I I I do there are times that I miss the restaurant industry, but uh for the most part it was just it was a nightmare. <laughs> you
0: know?
1: it was, it was <laughs> if stressful. anything I miss you my boy If anything eight, I miss you guys yeah. I I appreciate
0: it. Off. If anything I miss you guys because like when I was in it like I wasn't really making no money, but it was just like every night was kinda like a different story or a different experience. So it definitely I feel like opened me up into sure. the real world when it comes to working and everything like that. Yeah, but it's just you were, crazy to you were see straight out
1: of college and, and you were a college athlete, so you didn't I mean that was like a it was definitely I would imagine it being an adjustment.
0: Oh, it definitely was. But I think it was a perfect thing to kind of get me adjusted to the real world. And it's crazy, like, how far we we done came from, like, going from the restaurant to you being a a real estate agent to me being a manager of a property management company. It just, to me, is like, I just love to see the growth and the beauty of it. Because to me, I feel like you're just, like, a totally different Justin than, like, what I knew before. So it's it's great to talk to you now.
1: Well, it's been a few years, and I've had to do some dadding and parenting and, uh, growing up on my own, um, as, as well as just failing, you know, uh, I think the just failing at certain things that I wanted to do and, and growing and learning from those things kind of, is just super humbling also. So, uh, so yeah, man, it's, it's been a ride. I, I think though, that I always tell people whenever they're starting out when the younger people, just try serving, enjoy it because it's gonna, it, it, it really kind of puts that hustle mentality into your mind of uh you know i obviously you are on the management side of things but as a server bartender when you're working for tips um you really gotta you gotta cheese it up and you gotta be well even to the manager side you gotta be nice to people that don't deserve to be nice to you know so you gotta yeah. really kind of just not be fake i'm not gonna say fake it to make it but it is a hundred percent almost a fake it to make it kind of mentality
0: my ass was faking it to make it yo <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, had, I, had, I had i had this smile
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I saw there. sometimes I remember going out to uh to the dining, dining room and you seeing you talking to some people and then you come into the kitchen like, Man, fuck those guys. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. That's how it is. It'd be like I got a smile on their face just to get them to fuck out the door. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, behind doors is like you yeah, never no talk shit.
1: Yeah, for sure. Whatever,
0: it's like it's on the company dollar, it's not on me. It's whatever. That's what but it's you about. know, going to the, all of that, you said you had you had children and it's changed and it changed you with different things like that. I was actually listening to, like, a radio a radio show today, and it had, like, a clip of a dad having an issue with the school pretty much one of his children was getting bullied, and he was notified about it. So when he was notified about it, he went to the school bus and pretty much, on all the kids. He didn't know who the kid was, but he was saying, like, you know, he followed up with the school, he followed up with the person's parents, and, like, nothing changed. So he was just, like, he did what he thought was right. But it yeah. was just, like, I just want to know, like, as, as a dad, like, if one of your children came to you saying they were being bullied at school or was getting beat up at school, Like, what would your first reaction be?
1: That's hard because you're pissed. You want to make sure your kids are taken care of. Um, I think also you want to make sure your kids – I don't know. I don't think you want to instill that mentality for them growing up that uh, daddy and mommy is always going to be there to take care of them. At some point, they're going to have to stand up for themselves. So I think it's important that you just teach them, you know, a don't react because it's just a bully. You're gonna throughout life, people are gonna say things and do things to you, and there's always gonna be haters no matter what you do. And the more successful you are in life, the more haters you're gonna have, um, which is a you know not a super easy thing for a three or four year, eight year old to understand. Um, but I guess you, you talk to the school, and you try to talk to the parents, and I guess that's what I would keep doing because. I don't know. I feel like embarrassing him in front of all his peers and all his classmates isn't going to help things really, because uh, then it comes to I, I, the you know the other people are like, oh, is Daddy going to come and save you this time? Is Daddy going to come stand up for you? And at some point, you got to have them fight their own battles. Um, but it's it's that's a that's a tough one. That's a hard line you got to really kind of work on.
0: Yeah, it was definitely interesting. I can get both sides of it because how he was saying it is like, say your kid come off the bus and said that they would just jumped on the bus. Like your first reaction is going to be like, I got to protect my child. Yeah. You know, so he was just like, that was his first reaction. And he said it happened. It kept happening, and happening and it built up. And now he said he do feel sorry for it, but he was like, what do you do when like your daughter is like literally scared every day?
1: Oh, for sure. Now that's, I guess that's, yeah, I've got two little girls. And so I I guess what I was thinking of was my boy. And then that's, but it's definitely did it different when girls are involved, when it's your baby girl because we go into daddy mode, and uh, I, I can definitely see you kind of just overreacting and saying some shit and just kind of being a little crazy. Um, uh, I would say definitely I'd still – I'd want them to kind of learn how to fight their own battles. Just tell Physical, when it gets physical, I think that becomes a little bit – more than bullying. I mean, that's assault and, I mean, things have to, at some point you've got to intervene and the things aren't changing. I don't know if you get the police to be, be involved or if, if I mean, I was thinking on. that,
0: like like what do you do? Do you call a, a police on a nine-year-old? Like, 89-year-olds hey, yeah. is bullying? Yeah.
1: I mean, maybe they need to get scared straight or whatever. They need to come to the house. I don't know because if, if, <laughs> yeah. if consequences aren't being held, I mean, if, if you don't have any sort of standards for consequences at the school, or at home, I mean, something's got to happen because then on the other side of things, you're teaching this other kid that they can do whatever they want and there won't be any consequences for their actions. Uh, So it's almost like you're you're really doing that kid a service by making sure that they know that they can't get away with everything they do and say. um, Because later in life, continuing to do stuff like that is going to have... Certain effects. Um, I mean, you just go into the last twenty years of what cyberbullying has done and the suicides that have come from cyberbullying, um, and those are just words and mean words. But yeah, you know, once you get into physical assault, I think that's when things really have to kind of, you know. Would you they, rather they, have get been a,
0: Would you rather have been a kid now, growing up, or been a kid when you was? Do you think like the bullying is worse now than when you was a kid? Um
1: i think that there are more avenues for bullying now absolutely uh do i do i think that if one of my kids is a homosexual do i feel like they are there are more there's more protection for them or more understanding now yeah i think that there's more understanding for mental health um now than there was when i was growing up um and just people being different in general do i think that Uh, but, but yeah, I think that there are, there's always going to be a bad apple. There's always going to be a bully who's no matter how understanding the world might be now, um, there's always going to be someone to say some mean shit to you. Um, so I think I would rather, I, I enjoyed, I, it's hard to, it's hard to, look back on the way I was raised and the, and the times that I grew up in and, and say, I wouldn't rather, I, I I enjoyed it because I did, I really, I think if I had to choose, I would live the way I did because I I really, I can't imagine these kids now, I mean, they have everything at their fingertips whenever they want. And any, my son wants to be a YouTuber, like that's his dream, he wants to grow up and be a YouTuber. And like, I, I tell him, like you gotta learn how to take criticism because you, you gotta learn how to like react to negative comments or not react, um, just ignore them. and he's not ignoring things. So, um, it's just, it's a weird world and it's something that's so hard to compare to. Cause I really, I grew up in the nineties and early two thousands. Uh, and this man, this world is so different. than then and even, um, uh, even what you grew up in because we're not that far apart in age and you grew up though in New Jersey and, and much more, uh, Populated
0: area than I Yeah, to, to me it's Do I think bullying is worse now? I, I guess you could say that because more avenues. But back in the day when I was growing up, it's like you really had to face it. Like you, it, there yeah. was no way you could kind of like uh, avoid no. it. It was kind of like you know you had to like take it. That's why it's, to me it was interesting growing up because I faced a lot of adversity when it came to like bullying and you know sticking up for myself in elementary school and middle school. But by the time high school came around, everybody was already over it. Like, everybody got out when they was younger. So it was like it was already over. Yeah. And now I feel like we're all at the age where it's like we look back on some things like, wow, that was like so immature of us. Yeah. Whereas, like, now I just feel like I don't want to say this generation is getting a little bit softer, but I feel like. I want to let my kids know like the internet is fake like this is not real life like right.
1: i want right. you and to have
0: a, a real experience
1: yeah for sure my son he is constantly on his oculus vr like that is what he spends like maybe three hours a day on and he talks to people from all over the world um that are his buddies and stuff and and they are i mean he's a he's definitely a little gamer nerd but he and he can he talks shit with the best of them and i'm always like hey man you don't know these people <laughs> like Man, they some of these people might get a little weird and angry and they might look up your IP address and then, you know, SWAT team our house or something. You gotta be careful. Um but uh yeah. but it's kind of, it's definitely an interesting new world that we live in that my kids are growing up in. Uh, but you know, I, I do look it's I think that schools protect against bullying now better than they did when we were growing up, you did have to face it when you were growing up, because I mean, there were sometimes I remember growing up that the teachers were in on the bullying, you know, that sometimes, uh, Uh some, there was some weird kid and he just didn't get along with others, or there was something going on in his life that, that nobody knew about. Maybe his parents were getting divorced and mom wasn't being nice or dad wasn't, whatever it was. And sometimes the teachers would get involved and, and, and they weren't the nicest teachers. And, uh, I guess you just don't really see that a whole lot anymore. I think now there's a pretty good standard for um, for everything, and even then, it's hard to keep anything secret anymore because everything you do or say, uh, some student in the classroom could be videoing it on their cell phone. Um, some student could be—I mean, it, it can go viral like that. Uh, and so, I think there's a good—I hate—I hate this cancel culture, but people seem to be quick, pretty quick to cancel bullies anymore. Uh, so I, I kind of look... I think, the uh,
0: I think the world need bullies. I mean, I mean, crazy does, as it I think the world need bullies.
1: It does, because you're going to deal with it in your life. You're going to deal with it, uh, if it's a co-worker, if it's your manager, if it's just, you know, if it's your ex-wife, I mean, whatever it is, you're going to have somebody who's just who's just being mean to you for no reason, and you just got to either like deal with it, move on, or, or uh, just learn how to react properly because life's not easy and life's not always nice.
0: Exactly. Well, speaking about a different world. So speaking about a different world, I know you see this whole Marvel Phase Four thing, and I'm seeing a, I'm seeing a lot of pandering to women. I'm just gonna call it as it is. I personally think it's a lot of pandering to women, and I think it started from the whole uh the whole end game thing when the whole woman came together. I think that kind of gave like a whole precursor to what's going on. And I I'm gonna be honest, I didn't see I didn't see Thor loving war. i personally thunder. against Yeah the Love and Thunder. I said I personally I'm personally against just seeing a, a female Thor. I don't know whether that made me sexist or not or maybe like <laughs> my dad because it's so funny cause like growing up I remember I used to watch like uh The Hawk and Superman and my dad used to be like, yo, they're butchering my, my superheroes. I'm like, what you mean? He was like, they're doing so many changes. Like, this is not how they were when I was growing up. Sure. And at the time, I was just like, man, like, you just need to get with the times. But now that I'm getting older, I'm seeing all these changes <laughs> happen. And I'm just like, this is not what I grew up on. Like, I want to grow up on my nostalgia. And I feel like they're trying – They, of course, they're trying to go to, like, you know, a new day and age. But I feel like instead of you making – famous male heroes into kind of like women characters just make strong woman characters like there are strong women women characters out there like miss marvel and different things like that like i don't mind seeing things like that but just to see like a, a female black panther or a or a female thor to me it's just like what's going on like but how do you feel about all of this so
1: um i've always kind of been of the thought I, I've I'm back and forth because I did I grew up a huge Marvel Comics nerd. Uh I've read I've got literally I just sold my Daredevil comic book set on eBay not too long ago and I had every comic from ninety eight to two thousand twelve Daredevil. I've got every comic that's my of, dad's favorite yeah that's my dad's favorite superhero it's good, I've got and I've got every Avengers comic from nineteen ninety eight to two thousand and fourteen. Um so I'm a big I'm a big, big fan. Uh I love I love the movies uh so the mighty thor which is the jane foster thor that came out as a comic book in like 2013 2014 um but for me as a father of daughters uh i like i like that there are more female superheroes that they can look up to uh and they can enjoy um because it was kind of i mean it was overloaded with with Dicks for a long time, and it had been outside of like you know the Invisible Woman, which is like you don't want to teach your your daughters to grow up and be invisible. Uh, and then you have yeah. Storm, and I mean you had some uh, some really Jean strong Gray, powerful, I mean, Jean Grey is a Phoenix, is probably and the Scarlet Witch also is one of the most popular the most powerful uh, Marvel heroes yeah, there is. Um, but I think at one point, at some point, you don't want you know <laughs> the crazy ass. Wanda Maximoff to be like your role model for little girls. Like grow up. I mean, she's like, well, she's probably a Scorpio, honestly. But like, grow up and like just be crazy and, and treat people like however you like. It just act emotionally all the time. um I like She-Hulk a lot. I think it's a good show. I mean,
0: they got She-Hulk twerking. Come on,
1: hey, but it's Megan you your <laughs> they're on. gonna do it. They're gonna do it regardless. Yeah. They they like Cardi B. It's and and Megan the Stallion.
0: I mean, they're gonna hear it. I, I saw a comment that said they was like, I'm shocked that I'm seeing guys complaining about twerking. They're like, What are you? A, what, what are you? A, what are you gay? And I'm just like, No. I was just like, You know, maybe Megan the Stallion could do more than twerking. Yeah. Maybe she teach you how to rap or something. She can't, though.
1: She's How studying. long was that
0: scene? How long was her cameo? 10 seconds and just twerking?
1: Hey, I don't know. I ain't mad at it, man. I
0: uh, <laughs> I wasn't mad at it either, though. But I'm just saying, you know, I like if if you want to do a, a, a female character, just keep them strong. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah.
1: I, so with this female black Panther coming up, uh, cause I'm sure Shuri, his sister is going to be the black Panther. Um, that's just, uh, I mean, that is in the comics that she eventually becomes a black Panther when T'Challa dies. But I mean, obviously if, 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 if uh, what's his name? Boseman. I can think it was first.
0: Chad Bozeman. yeah
1: Chadwick Bozeman. if Chadwick Boseman didn't pass away this wouldn't even be an issue because I mean he'd still be playing Black Panther um
0: man I heard Killmonger might come back I heard I heard I heard Shuri might have like a cameo where she might be like I'm a Black Panther for a second but yeah. somehow Killmonger might come back would you would you want to see that would that excite you
1: I like Michael B Jordan a lot as an actor Um, I think that's kind of a cop out though, uh, for the storyline. I think it's kind of like, I, I like Michael B. Jordan. I like Killmonger. Uh, I think that, uh, I would almost rather see him um, in Baku, the, uh, the guy, the gorilla guy. Um, I would almost rather see him. Uh, I just think that the way Disney is going and Marvel is going, that it's going to be Shuri. Um,
0: my my question is how is it going to be Shuri? I could have swore Killmonger like destroyed the whole flower of the Black Panther or before right. he like, you know, t- like point. you know, took over. You know what I'm saying? That's so a good it was point. like how yeah, is she he gonna all do? The
1: purple flowers. That's a good point. Um I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna be a technology thing, um, uh, because obviously so in the movie Riri Williams, uh, who is Ironheart, um, uh, she's gonna be taking over Ironheart, um, which is the mentee of iron man um she is supposed to be in the movie so i think there might be some technology i don't like how
0: iron man is just the the quintessential father figure for everybody so he's a father figure for spider-man yeah for ironheart this man is an alcoholic a womanizer (laughs) he is he is the worst example of a parental guardian
1: yeah well i mean obviously so he's dead so I think that I I think <laughs> yeah. she's not um gonna be she in, in the comic book she's the mentee of Iron Man. I don't know so much this is gonna be the case in the movie, uh, because what well, he did. He ain't around, um, it's been a thing for a minute. So I'm kind of interested to see I, I I always love like the dynamics, the different dynamics between the comic books and the movies because they aren't very similar at all. And this is a um but it's fun that uh I mean they're obviously disney tied and they make it for families, and I mean that's enjoyable um just because I get to do it with my kids but um it's just it's kind of an interesting little differentials between like how kind of like well, you know what this is how it's done in the comics, but we don't have to do it that way as long as we get the costume and the name right i mean who cares so uh i think that they do they do use a little bit of information but it's very loose actually love and thunder was pretty close to um, how they did a, a big chunk of that comic storyline so I, I really liked that do
0: you think it's worth to watch love and thunder yeah.
1: yeah 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 yeah. it comes out on disney plus on, on the eighth so in three days it will be on disney plus and i'm sure we'll watch it a few times uh i just think okay. it's i love taika Waititi. Um, I think he does good things. I think it's a. I think it's a. It's funny. Um, it's not something you need to take too serious. Um, it's. Just, I'll help you in a minute, baby. It's nothing you need to take too seriously. It's just a lighthearted, Thor movie. Um, I love that um, the little girl, who eventually becomes his adoptive daughter. Um, spoiler alert, <clears throat> is actually Chris Hemworth's real live daughter. Uh, so that was kind of fun to see that family dynamic there, and uh, hopefully that she has a long uh, time tenure working with Marvel in the future as well. So I think that I like that. Uh, I like a lot of what Kevin Feige does with Marvel, um, and, and just the the way he sets it up for the future. And I mean, they I mean they they plan everything they do.
0: So speaking about the future, so. Phase four is real heavy onto different dimensions, different parallel universes. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time, it was like a few years back when I was in college, I saw something on YouTube where it was saying that most films are based off of things that, you know, the government and us humans are already doing like decades beforehand. So do you believe in like different uh, parallel universes? Like you know, alternate realities.
1: I have to, man. I have to because I am a uh, I'm a middle income person right now. So I like to think that somewhere in another parallel universe, I'm really living up my best life. And I, uh, you know, at some point in as a when I was in Chicago, I'd like to think some point I in another universe, I didn't leave Chicago. I made it. I was a success, I'm a successful actor. I don't have kids, and I'm living it up in L.A. Somewhere in another universe right now, just having the time in my life. And uh so yeah, there has to be a parallel universe. Otherwise, like <laughs> what am I doing?
0: I mean, it's 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 interesting to me because it's like when I think of parallel universes, I feel like my concept kind of changed o- over the years. And it's pretty much as like I saw
1: Yeah, I was gonna say it definitely makes every choice you make <laughs> that much bigger because you're like, oh man. If I don't make the right choice, somebody else in the other universe is gonna have a better life than I am, or you know, whatever.
0: I I, I think of it more like this. I I, I don't know whether you saw. So I reposted something by Childish Gambino, the Childish Gambino, the other day, and he mm-hmm. was just saying that you know, with social media, with all these different platforms, you can kind of be whoever you want to be. Like, yeah,
1: oh, a thousand percent. You can
0: make it. You you can make a like a, a burner account and it somehow become popular, and you could become that identity. So mm-hmm. he was just like, you know. Everybody has multiple characters. It just depends on what platform you want to put that certain character out on. So when I think of multiple realities, to me, is this like, do I think there's another Traven out there, maybe doing better or worse? I don't know. Yeah. But I do know that there are multiple possibilities of what I could be. I do know there's multiple... I know that there are multiple dominant sides of me that could come out at any different time. So to me, when I think of... uh, alternate reality to just be like, it's so crazy because I feel like right now you can be so many different people. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have that option to do that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's like a, it's a giant-ass RPG video game where every decision you make affects the rest of your video game. You know, it's like, uh, it's, it's Fable. It's Fable 2. Your whole life is Fable 2. And you can either choose to be a villain or a good guy or, or whatever. Um, but, yeah, every day, every reaction you have is definitely could be different and it could lead to you as a realtor. There are a lot of things in my mind that I don't post on social media because I need to have people (laughs) like me and, and, but there are a lot of opinions (laughs) I have about a lot of things that I'm like, you know what, I, uh, this is probably just going to be a, a me thing. This is going to probably just linger in my head for a while. And not everybody needs to know that I think this way. Um, but, uh, I'd like to think that somewhere else in some other parallel universe, there's a version of me that says whatever the fuck he wants, whenever he wants, and is okay with him.
0: I feel like I I feel like I was that version of myself in high school. Like in high school, I don't know. I just had liberty to say what I wanted to say. Yeah. I don't know where the where I came from, but I went to Missouri. I remember I used to have conversations with different people. They would be like hey, you might want to, like, tone that down. cause I kind of come off a little disrespectful? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And to me, I think I'm just talking, like, normal. So, like, over the years, I kind of had to filter how I talk to make it kind of semi-digestible to everybody. So I can't really say exactly what I want to say, but I try to say things to, to where everybody can kind of understand it. But I miss the days when I was in high school when I could just say whatever came to my mind and didn't care what nobody thought. You know what I'm saying? Now to so the point where it's like I don't really care that somebody may disagree with me. I, I more so care about if I may hurt somebody's feelings. You know, because I had a situation a few a few years back where it was like I was in discussion and I was pretty much telling somebody about themselves. I'm thinking I'm just being being like honest and just being open, yeah. but they right. really took it as like, "Hey, like you hurt my feelings." So that yeah. took me to be like, "All right, I gotta look back and see how I actually deliver some of the things I say." Yeah.
1: And some people are just little pansy ass bitches who can't take any like (laughs) it's like, look, sometimes do you want me to be honest with you or not? It's like it's like those like that. Obviously, we grew up with American Idol and there were some like William Hung. How the fuck did he get on American Idol? Because his parents didn't tell him the truth that he couldn't sing. Somebody at some point you gotta tell people what's going on with them, or they're gonna embarrass themselves on national TV. So it's like Do you want me to be honest with you or do you want, you know, do you want me to just pander to your own little reality that you live in? And uh, I think.
0: So for the. For the people I really like, like, fuck with, I tell them, I'm like, whenever they want to ask me something, I'm like, do you want me just to listen or you want me to tell you the truth? Because those are two different things. Like I can listen to you and let you vent and say what you want to say. Or I could kind of let you know what I really think. It might not be what you want to hear, but it's be something you need to hear.
1: That's uh, I think that's the biggest takeaway I got from being married and now being divorced is that people genuinely mostly only want a listener. And they don't want you to tell them how you really feel. They don't really want you to be honest with them. And they don't really want you to have an opinion about their opinions. They just want you to listen to how they feel. And they want to be made, they just want to be listened to overall, I think. Uh, because I mean, there are people just, I think inherently are narcissistic and they just, they want to believe that everything they think is right. Um, and they're not really looking for other options. Um, so I think that's, uh, my biggest take. at least this is just me growing up in Southeast Missouri. Uh, so I would say, I I think it's just, it's hard for me anymore to be a hundred percent genuine with people because. In my mind, when I'm doing that, I am doing them a favor. And I'm like, hey, I just want you to think, you know, I'm just trying to give you assistance. I'm just trying to tell you this is my, the way you think might come off the wrong way to these people. And I just want you to, but what they're hearing me say is, you're wrong. You need to change the way you believe or change the way you think. And it's kind of a, it's a fine line that I, uh, I've been trying to tread lightly for a long time and trying to figure out because it's, it's so it's so, it's hard to manage, especially around here in the Bible Belt of the world, you know.
0: See, the people for the people I really like get like get along with. I can't sugarcoat anything. Like, if I had to really sugarcoat what I gotta say around you, then you, I don't really want to be your friend. But to the people who are my associates, like I, don't, I, I sugarcoat it all day. If I don't really like, if I just see you here and there, but if I really care about you, like I gotta have that openness because. You had to you have to, you got at least know somebody in your corner genuine. You can't have somebody that be a yes man. I don't like being around yes men.
1: Yeah. At at some point it's important that you are true to yourself and you are true to the people you love and care about. Um I remember growing up uh in the youth group and in the church and all that. I had several friends who were very fake, very fake. They would, you know, they were this way at church, and then we would hang out, go out and smoke a few beers, smoke a few, sneak a few beers or whatever it was, and, and then they would be, their parents would be shocked, but my mom was like, my mom always knew, like, I am who I am, and I never have ever hidden that from anybody. I can do this, and I can do that, and I'm not going to be fake. Even when I was at church, people knew, you know, what I believed in, the things I said, but there were lots of times that, like, so-and-so's parents that I was a bad influence, even though I was like, no, your son is the one who asked me to do this with them. They're just, they're they're fake as fuck with you. I've just never been, I've never <laughs> been the type to, like, be that fake person uh, because Yo, it's so, just, crazy you it's brought so exhausting. That up.
0: Exactly. So crazy you brought that up. So I grew up a Joe Witness kid, a, a J-Dub kid pretty much, right? Me and my siblings, we never, like, conform to it. We never, like, like we we always was, like, just distant from it. Like, I used to, remember I, remember I used to fall asleep. And my mom used to hit me all the time. I'm like, Mom, like, you you forcing me to come here. I'm not going to be somebody different when I come here. And I remember she always, always used to be like, oh, you need to be more like so-and-so or more like so-and-so. And I'm like, do you know so-and-so was doing drugs? Do you know so-and-so was, like, too much pregnant, about to have a kid next year? Do you know so-and-so doing this? And then when all this stuff, like, come about, she'd be like, how does this happen? And literally, she had all the kids who literally didn't do drugs in, in school, literally got married, had kids that did it the right way. And all the kids who did grow up under it, like, single with multiple kids, deadbeat, different things like that. And to me, it used to be like, I used to, I used to feel weight way when I was a, as a kid saying, like, did you not feel like, I'm somebody you should be proud of. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause I'm not a, a Jehovah Witness, and I always felt like I never wanted to be somebody fake or somebody I'm not. So I'm not going to do it. My dad never went to church with us because he didn't believe in it. So I always had that kind of like duality in me. But I used to feel a lot a, a, a strong way being compared as a kid. I used to hate yeah, being compared. You
1: shouldn't be compared as a kid. I, I mean. No offense to your mom or whatever, but I, I would say that there's, a, there's definitely a huge psychology issue in being raised in a church. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with raising your children in a church or raising your children in a setting to where there's some sort of morality um, taught. But I, I also don't think that um, – I, I guess I, I tend to see the kids who grew up very devout and very involved in the church felt the most pressure growing up. And they seem to be the ones that struggle the most later on in life, just with identity and who they are um, and what they believe and what they truly believe and and things like that. Whereas I think going into it, I was always of the mind of sure. sure, I believe that Christ died for my sins and I believe that there's a God, Um, but I'm not going to be someone different on Sunday than I am on Monday. Because that's just that's if you believe in God and you believe that he's omnipotent and all knowing and all that, then that's just stupid because, you know, he sees you every day of the week. So there's no point in being fake one day and, and real the other. Be real every day. And, and I, I promise you, your your the version of yourself that that you're being. You'll love that person and you'll enjoy that person and other people will, too, because people. I think they 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 like real people. They don't want
0: fake and, people in their lives. It was so interesting. Even as a child, I was cognizant of who was real and who was fake inside the church. Like, I knew that there were certain brothers in the church that was actually real, and I actually was like, you know what, I don't really have this answer for you, uh, young man, but I will study it over the weekend and bring it back to you. I, I used to respect people like that, you know what I'm saying? But, I like, me and my sister talk about it, it's just like, Bad eggs to good eggs. You know what I'm saying? Always more bad eggs than good eggs. And I feel like with Jehovah Witnesses, like, there might be 30% who are, like, real genuinely nice people that really know the word. But that's 70% that make you feel like you're inadequate for not going towards their belief is what, like, kills the, whole, kills the whole bringing in process. You know what I'm saying? The whole bringing in outside guests. So I can understand what people would be saying, like it's kind of stressful to be a witness. Yeah.
1: And you guys don't do like birthdays and Christmas and stuff like that, do you? Or is that more I mean, they, they,
0: they uh they they don't they don't celebrate holidays. They they don't celebrate no holidays at all. Uh the only thing they do is celebrate the uh the death of uh of Christ, you know what I'm saying? Like the the, the or or how can I say the resurrection of Christ, pretty much that's what they celebrate. But that's pretty much it. But honestly, I've never really been, been into holidays. But to me, it was just more of the fact where it was just like, you're taking me somewhere you know I'm not comfortable at. You know what I'm saying? Like, it would be like Sundays, Wednesdays, Thursdays. I'm in these places with people who I don't want to be around. Like, I feel like I'm, a, I'm embarrassing you because, like, my body language shows I don't want to be here. You know what I'm saying? And you making me feel bad for it. So it's just like you can't put me in an environment I react a certain way and then you get upset by how i react. It's like what do you want? Especially when you know. And it's funny cuz like even
1: when your parent when like they know and you tell them, "Hey, I'm not going to have any fun. I'm not going to be like enjoyable." And they're like and they it's 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 a very toxic relationship. It's like if this was a if obviously it's a mother-child relationship, but if this was like a dating relationship and the and the boyfriend's like, "No, you've got to go with me." And then the whole time she's not having a good time, you're like, what's wrong with you? What's going on? Why are you acting like this? You're embarrassing me. You know, that's a relationship that as a human you need to get out of. And I'm obviously, I'm not, I'm not, it's obvious we were younger then. And, and, and as parents, they feel like they have the authority and they, at that the time they probably do to kind of just tell you what to do. But I don't know, at, at some point that whole, that mindset mentality has got to change. But, um, but this was, I mean, these are different I feel like my mom was just
0: lonely. I feel like my mom was just lonely. I felt like when uh, she was the only one I went into that into that religion, and I feel like sometimes when you go into something new, you don't want to be by yourself. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. You feel like the only person you have control over is your, is your kids, so you're gonna be like, "Hey, I want I wanted to be better for you, but there's a certain way you deliver it."
1: I get that because I I am super into foreign languages, and I don't have anybody to ever speak it with. So I right now I'm teaching my son, my seven year old, he's learning French, and my five year old or six year old rather, she's turned six, is learning Mandarin. So it's like. I I need to have somebody I can practice with, or else what am I doing? So it's like I they really don't like, and I'll, I'll be like, hey, it's time for your your French lesson. He's like, man, I don't, I don't want to. I'm like, come on. That so like I kind of get I. That get...
0: actually is a great subject you just brought up. So you traveled a lot, or when you was in your early when you was like a teenager, early adult, you traveled a lot. Yeah, I traveled,
1: but I, I taught English in China for a little bit when I was 19, and then uh, just been to Mexico and Taiwan, and, and just kind of. A little bit here and there. So
0: is it true that Asian woman pussies are sideways?
1: (laughs) No, no, no. They're the they are the um they're just the way they're supposed to be. And uh but I I will say that the um it's always it's always funny. I don't want to be too crass, but like uh they were of all the the women I've ever been with, it's just they they're just they're so much um wetter they get a lot wetter and i don't know that i i don't fully understand that because in my mind i'm like you know the wetter you get the the big there should be a bigger dick involved and i'm it's always weird because like i had this mentality i had this mentality that like asian men aren't as well endowed you know they don't have Uh the bigger dick so i thought it was funny that like they've got these little tiny asian men penises with these super soaker Asian women,
0: but do you ever watch the Breakfast Club? <laughs> you ever watch the Breakfast Club before?
1: Yeah, I watched Breakfast Club.
0: See, so you know Angela Yee. Yeah, what, who's that? Yeah, so she like Asian. She Asian and
1: black though. But oh, are we and Gucci. talking? about the different? We're talking. I'm talking about the Breakfast Club from the 1980s, the movie. With <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, we talk about the right. black right. Girls club. Yeah. We talk about a radio yeah. show. Dude, I'm, I'm radio in my thirties, you're you
0: know, uh, but I uh, you, you, am happy you asked, though, because it would have went left if you would have heard that. But pretty much, it was like Gucci Man was on there, and it was like a segment where he was just like, uh, you know, I heard Asian girls get wetter, and she would just, and she was like, nah, she was like, she was like we don't get wetter. Our pussy's just deep, and I'm just like, that's weird, like. It, like, Asian women have deep pussies, but the men have,
1: like, little... Dog. How does that work out? That's, that was my thing. That's what I was wondering, too. Uh, and obviously, I've never... The thing about Asian porn, though, is, like, when you watch it, all the, the dicks are all blurred out all the time. So it's like you can't really... I don't know. Maybe they're...
0: Do you know why that is? You've you been in, you been in that a, culture. Do you know a, why
1: that is? It's, a, it's just a culture thing. For some reason, like, they... It's a...
0: They don't like dicks. They don't like little dicks. Well, they
1: don't like seeing dicks. It's like a, it's it's almost homosexual to them. So it's like, um, so it's like, <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. So they just blur the dicks out. It's just not. I guess it's just such a weird kind of idea that it's like it's okay to see like videos of tits and pussies, but it's like overly masculine over yeah, there. Yeah, it's very much, very much so. At least in in China, um, Japan's pretty. Yeah, they're pretty they're cut they're get they're all getting better about it. I would say that, but it's just kind of a different it's a different world.
0: Could you add of all the different relationship dynamics and different places that you travel to and live to, who do you think is doing it the best right now when it comes to like all right this is what a this is what a man's supposed to be this is what a woman's supposed to be?
1: That's a good question because uh I don't know that I'm the authority on what a man should be and what a woman should be. But uh, I will say, when I am when I'm looking for my next wife, she will probably be. Um, and I don't want to. I don't want to put the idea in there that I'm looking for a submissive wife, because I'm not. I don't want a submissive. I just want someone who brings me peace. I don't want someone who's going to bring chaos into my house and is always going to be complaining and and being upset or or asking for money or anything like that. I'd say that when I was in China, the women just treated me differently. And it wasn't like this like um, superiority thing, like they thought that I was better than them or I thought that I was better than them. It was just respect. And And because I got that respect for them, I treated them with respect as well. So it was just kind of that finding someone in any relationship, the, the most important thing is to have people in your life that give you and bring you peace, because you don't have, there's so much, so much you need to do, and so much other chaos in the world, you don't really need to add to it with the wrong person, and um, so I would say, I I love Hispanic women, I think they're beautiful, uh, but man, they are spicy, they are, they can be, they can be mean they i mean just have like chocolate just, just they scare me uh, i don't want to say the wrong thing and then get hit with the sandal i uh and then it, but i know they'll cook chancla. for me uh, but i don't know they're they are i don't want to say aggressive but they can be a little uh they can be a little aggressive but they are it's good if you're if you plan on having a big family because they're good caretakers but i would say <laughs> i would say that if i was going to choose my next wife i don't
0: know she'd probably be some sort of asian i feel that but i kind of see it this is a little sidebar it's a it's a girl i know from new jersey you know we interact here and there and you know it's like i'll be messing with her sometimes saying like you real mean and she's like i'm not really mean like that so sometimes she'd be posting things on facebook and i'd be like yo this is like a clear example of you being you know mean and she was like, you know, I don't want to be mean. She's like, I really want to be soft, but she was like, sometimes it's hard in this environment to be soft. You know what I'm saying? Like some men won't won't let a woman show her soft side. You know what I'm saying? They want they want to harden them up. So to me, it's just like there are women out here in the in America, black, white, whatever, who are you know caretakers who who do want to serve their man, but I feel like. We put so much emphasis on a on on a woman who who aren't that you know what I'm saying like like the bad bitch the one that want to get flown out the one you want to you know splurge on we're just like no like there's women who are at home studying for their doctorates who are real who are who are real down to earth.
1: So I have recently I, I got real bored one night and I was on Facebook and I saw a clip of video and I was like okay I want to see what this is about and I so I downloaded the Zeus Network. And you know what the Zeus Network is?
0: Yeah. yeah. So I, <laughs> reality TV done right? Yeah.
1: So I got the Zeus Network and I watched like all two seasons of, uh, all two seasons, two seasons of, um, oh, that, that is basically, it's like The Bachelor. It's the guy from, oh, chance, one more chance. I got, so I watched one more chance. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was, so I'm really in love with the, uh, what's the girl's name? The Hispanic one. Uh, she's like kind of Puerto Rican ish. She was on both seasons. Man, I don't know say i'm in love with her she's if she's watching right now she knows i'm lying because if i just love her then i know her name (laughs) but i so i kind of it's easy like you said it's easy to kind of to fall for that that strong bad bitch you know like man i want a bad bitch like that who's going to go to bat and fight bitches for me and and man obviously i'm just watching the wrong tv But, but like i said it's good to have someone who comes in your home and just brings peace to it and uh that's that's what i want uh, if, if and when I do ever decide to be in a relationship, there's lots of there are lots of times when I see women on Facebook that I'm like I don't think she's attractive I might pursue that, but then like there's a bunch of shit talking shit posts on her Facebook and there's just and I know her best friend's trouble and so I'm like man hey, this is not gonna this is not something I can see turning into something happy. Uh, the thing you you realize uh, the thing I think I like the most about a lot of a lot of the asian women that i've spoken to uh or i i have got some pen pals but is that they're not really on social media you know and so i think that's a big thing in any relationship that social media just kind of really does a number on relationships on. it really kind of hurts relationships because i think one of the biggest problems i
0: think it brings doubt yeah i think it brings doubt.
1: one of the biggest problems in my marriage was you know my my ex-wife would always complain that i didn't I didn't tag her in enough posts, and I get that. I mean, I get that she wanted some sort of validation, but at the same time, like, why is that necessary? Why my that dad, well, well, I, don't well, well I, don't want I don't want to say that. My dad and my mom have been divorced for 20 years. I want to say my dad never posted my mom any Facebook posts. My grandparents have been married for 60 years, and they don't even have Facebook. I'm just saying sometimes it's, um, it's or, or there would be sometimes that some girl would like my post, and she's like, who's this bitch? And I'm like. She's nobody. She just, she liked my fucking post. Like, chill, woman. Like, it ain't a thing. Uh, and so there's, I don't know. Or you like somebody's post, and they're like, why'd you like that post? You want to fuck her? I'm like, ah, I mean, if it came up. Maybe. If it came up. <laughs> I, I'll invite you first. Like, it'll be like a thing. Yeah. But I don't know. It's uh, Relationships are weird and scary. And after a divorce, they're kind of it's something you don't really want to involve yourself in again for a long time um plus i got three kids um but i think the big thing is,
0: is, do you think dating's harder right now with three kids
1: i think dating is harder do you think girls be like i think dating right now is harder period like in 2022 dating right now is not like it used to be i i mean as somebody who used to i used to own a bar and whenever tinder and all that stuff came out people weren't going to bars anymore to, to hook up or to meet or have dates because they were meeting online on Tinder or whatever. And then showing up to somebody's house and just hooking up. It's just, it's, it's a very much a, Hey, I'm not dogging it. I'm just saying it's a, it's a hookup mentality anymore to where um, it's not like it was in 2006, 2007. I mean, I was only a teenager, but where you'd call and talk on the phone for a couple hours and then you'd meet up and have dinner uh, and you really kind of build a relationship and get to know each other or just 2022 is fucking, it sucks, man. And dating is weird. And, and especially now in my thirties with three kids where the women that I do talk to, they also have kids and, or they don't have kids and they don't, I'm at that point where if I date, And I won't because it's like, I don't want to date a woman with kids because I have kids. and I don't want to do the step day. I don't want to do the step kid thing again because I I don't have any. I don't really get to see my, who was my stepdaughter before. And it hurts losing your step kid um, when they've been a part of your life for so long. Plus as a realtor, I know how much houses cost. And most women my age have like three or four kids. So that means we need a five or six bedroom house. And I know how much that fucking costs. And I'm not, I'm not even going there. Or you have women who don't have kids and they might want another kid, but you don't want another kid because it's like, I don't want to add on to that. So now you feel like you're taking that away from her or she doesn't want or she or she doesn't understand what it's like. And because I think as a, when you're starting dating and you are dating someone, you need to really put that person as a priority. And if you don't have the time and energy to make that person your priority, then I feel like that whole relationship's going to die anyway. So there's no point in even doing it. Uh, So I I guess right now I've just got a very pessimistic view on on dating right now because I just, I don't want to waste anybody's time and I don't want to waste my own time. Um, And it's just, uh, it's not just with time in general with kids. It's just, I feel like you should, as a parent, you definitely need to have your own thing that you do, but your kids have to be your priority and making sure they're happy and taken care of. Uh, So it's just finding that line. Uh, but I I think it come it becomes easier as you get older to find red flags and identify those and say okay well I know that people at this age generally they're set in their ways and I'm not going to be the person who tries to to goes into a relationship trying to change that person or hoping that um, the thing I don't like about them changes over time because it's not going to happen and we're both going to end up upset with each other. Um, but I think just knowing and appreciating where you are and who you are and not settling and not saying, okay, well, this thing that they do really bothers me, but I'm just going to go forward with it anyway. I think that's a big no-no because that thing that really bothers you is always going to bother you. And at some point, you're gonna get pissed off at each other and say something. You're like, well, I, I fucking hate it when you do this. And she's like, well, you, always, you never said that before. And then it becomes a whole thing. So I think that if there's, obviously there's never gonna be someone who's just perfect and that there's nothing they do or don't do that doesn't bother you. There's always gonna be something. But um, I think you gotta respect yourself going into a relationship saying, if this bothers me and this is a this is a deal breaker, you've got to respect that deal breaker because that's not going to change. But yeah, exactly. to answer your question, yeah, it is a little bit. It is harder dating now in my 30s with three kids. Absolutely.
0: I got you. All right, so one more topic and we can end it today. Uh, is a subject that I don't know whether it affects you or not, but one of my friends wanted me to talk about it. But uh, did you go to college? All right, so I know you know about the whole whole Biden student relief uh, fund thing. How do you feel about it? Are, do, you, do you feel like the $10,000 going, going to do justice, do it apply to you? How do you feel about that whole procedure?
1: So the, the $10,000 that they're taking off of your student loans, I think that's mm-hmm. – so for people like us who went to SEMO, 10000 is a pretty big chunk of our student loans. Because SEMO was pretty cheap, and I don't I don't know if you had a um, like student athlete scholarship or anything like that, um, but it's not.
0: I'm about to say my view kind of my my view kind of I was on full scholarship, so I want to hear like your opinion, then I'm gonna get my
1: opinion. I, I think I owe like maybe thirty thousand dollars in student loans. So ten grand that takes like a, that's a a third of my that's a third of my student loans. That's cool. But there are people who went to USC, people who went to University of Oregon, people who went to, um, you know, Cal, LSU, Alabama, who paid maybe $120,000 in student loans. You know what I mean? So ten grand, is just nothing. It's really a, a, a drop in the bucket, you know? Um, so I think that where does that money come from? I don't know. I don't know who's, who's ultimately going to pay it taxpayers. I mean, the money isn't just made up out of nothing. I mean, you look at what happened in 2020 and 2021 with all the, you know, the COVID relief and all the help from there. And now we're in one of the worst economic States we've been in a long time. Um, You can't just keep giving money away. I think if there was a system in place that kind of made education more affordable, that is a better option. Um, Will I say no to it? If if Joe Biden offers to take $10,000 of my student loans away from me, no, I won't say no. But that's because I am selfish and I'm greedy and I want someone to pay for my student loans for me. But uh, I don't know who's paying for it. I don't know enough about it to say that it's a good or a bad thing. I know that ultimately, if you are taking money away from these student loan companies, than, you know, they might be hesitant to keep giving out student loans. Uh, if I was a student loan company and I said, this, all these people who are getting these student loans now, we are out of millions of dollars that we were supposed to be getting. What's, what's keeping me from just not giving out these large student loans anymore? And now you have, after that, now you have people who definitely can't afford to go to college. Um, So it's a tricky situation all around uh, because somebody's got to pay for it. Companies who are giving these loans away are now losing money because of it. But also there are people who went to these large colleges who who are finding it very difficult to buy houses, buy cars, whatever, because they have this huge, huge student debt um, that they're having to pay.
0: Um, Or they have a degree that doesn't... That's most people,
1: most people definitely do not use the degree they got going into the future. Like they don't, they'll get a degree because, in my opinion, you don't know what the fuck you want to do with your life at eighteen. You don't know what you want to do with your life at twenty-two. So, I mean, it's 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 silly this this cultural pressure that we put on students coming out of high school to choose a college, choose a career, and, and go forward because. You don't know. I definitely encourage gap years. I encourage multiple gap years uh, because until you've experienced the world as an adult and not a high school student, you really have no idea what you want to do with your life and, and who you want to be. And now you're into a hundred thousand dollars into an education that you're never going to use. Um, so it's, it's very, it's scary. And I, I hope I hope that by the time my kids are in school, I don't know. I, I would encourage them. I think one of the big reasons I want to encourage them to learn the other languages is because there are countries out there who offer free education. So if if Aurora can learn Chinese or French or whatever, and she can go to a college in France for free and get an education out there, then, I mean, that's definitely, and not only an education, but a cultural experience that will expand her worldview. Then that's the way I want them to live because I think I don't know. I don't think that, I mean, what did you do your first two years of college? You, you partied and, and I mean, I mean, you go to parties and you, I mean, as a football player, I don't know what you do. I mean, I'm sure you have a strict re- schedule, strict regimen, what you're supposed to be doing. But as a, as an athlete, from athletes that I knew they didn't care about, they wanted to get just enough, just good enough grades to be able to be playing this sport. So,
0: so this is what I say about this. Cause my view is a little bit jaded, <laughs> to be honest with you. I uh, personally don't, like, I feel like if it, if it does happen for people it does go to, that's great. But personally, do I feel like people deserve it? No. And the people that, you know, do have these, you know, $100,000 debt loans, I don't feel no bad for you because it's like you chose to go to that school. It's, it's, it's interesting to me because I had two older sisters growing up, so I kind of seen how the, how the college system like fucked them up financially. And I literally had my mom tell me my freshman year, like, hey, I'm not paying for your college. You should think about doing community college or maybe going to like church school or something like that. And I told her, I looked in her face, I was like, mom, I'm finna do football and it's gonna pave my way through school. And that's a different type of pressure when you feel like, all right, I know the only way I can, I can get this degree is if I play football. And the only reason I wanted to get a degree at the time because I felt like that's what you were supposed to do. I, you know, it's like like in certain like I was, I was raised in, in the suburbs, so to me it was just like you're supposed to go to high school, you're supposed to go to college. That's what you're supposed to do. It's not something I wanted to do. I thought that just what I had to do as a growing adult. You know what I'm saying? And I will say in college it's like it's such a double stigma cuz it's like I feel like student athletes not unless you go to, like, Alabama or some, like, crazy-ass school that wins all the time, it's not all that is cracked up to be. Of course, you're going to have moments, high moments, where you have fun, this, down and the third, but we have practice, weights, training from 6 a.m. No, my bad. We have, we have weights in the morning from, from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m., classes from 7 to 2, practice from 3 to 7, study hall from 7 to 8, There were athletes who did go out and have fun, but most of them either didn't play or they didn't stay around for long. They was they was there for a year or two and flunked out. I know so many, many great athletes that just flunked out because they went to a high school where the teacher just gave them grades and was like, all right, they're a star athlete. We give them grades, they're good. And they went to college and they were just like there were teachers that was like, Oh, y'all athletes? Oh, we're hard on y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, y'all think it's going to be easy? No, we won't take it harder for you guys. And for me, it was like so many summers I sacrificed away from my family. So many, like, times where I couldn't go home. So many, so many points where I wanted just to quit, but I didn't want to be a quitter. But I had to stick in it. But I had to stick in it because I wanted a degree. You know what I'm saying? So for me to, to hear that some people – Want like all of their student student loans to be forgiven and just like no like what do you sacrifice because those same kids who were saying that were the same ones out at at thirsty Thursdays at your at your bar right out on Tuesdays. I didn't even know I I didn't even know people were drunk on Tuesdays <laughs> when I went to college yeah you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like it was like Tuesday Thursdays Fridays and, and, and Friday Saturday and Sunday and I was just like I I can't I can go out Saturday night after the game. But i don't want to I don't want to deal with sunday uh Monday practice after sunday uh after Sunday night, so there are people who do do it, but for me, I feel like I kept my head down because I knew I couldn't do all of that. Some athletes can't I just couldn't do it so from my point of view, it was just like hey, for people who are complaining, just be happy you are getting something because really you don't deserve anything in my opinion
1: Well, and the thing is it's they've been on zero percent interest for the last two years you know what i mean it's been if you were paying and you're still paying at the end of the day you signed a document saying i will repay these pay these this loan and i get that there are it's a different world with um you know federal student loans and all that but i will say from a house selling standpoint that now with the fha if you want not get an fha loan they only they only count half a percent of your total student loans against your debt whenever you're buying a new house so if you owe fifty thousand dollars they only owe they only count whatever what is it, half a percent five hundred 250 they only count 250 bucks per month against your debt for your student for with your student loans so is it is it a big problem with buying houses no the student loan doesn't really affect your house a whole lot but um, but yeah, if you sign a document saying that I plan on repaying these loans and then you don't follow through with those loans to finish your degree and, you and then, or you do finish your degree and you just didn't like what you got. Then yeah. I, I don't necessarily feel sorry for everybody who's like complaining about their student loans. Cause yeah, you, you're right. You do choose the school you go to. You don't just, you know, draw out of a hat and that's the school you go to. Um, you definitely do get to pick, um, I guess in some situations it's more geographical. You know, not everybody goes from New Jersey to Southeast Missouri. Some people are stuck in Missouri or, or Mississippi or wherever they go to, and they go because it's there. It's a legacy thing, and that's where their parents went. And there are a lot of social pressures with just going to college. A lot
0: of thick white women in Missouri. <laughs> Keep
1: going. Yeah, no, no kidding. A lot of thick. I will say everywhere, that. everybody, everybody's thick here. <laughs> we all thick. Three C's, but it's a. Yeah, it's uh, definitely It's. Uh, I have mixed views on the, um, the subject because A, I am one of those people who would like a chunk of my student loans paid off, but B, uh, I don't think it's super practical and I don't believe that um, it's completely fair and unbiased. Um, so it's going to be uh, interesting to see what happens. I don't know. I don't know where they get off thinking that they, I mean, I, I get, like I said, I get the idea of saying, okay, going forward in the future, um, we will find a way to make education more affordable. I'm okay with that. But I think saying, what about the people who who went to college and they got the degree they wanted and they had, they had $45,000 of student loans and they worked hard and they paid it off. Where does that, does that $10,000 today is now get a $10,000 check. Do they get, I mean, do they get uh, punished for being responsible and paying for the student loans when they didn't have to, you know, do these people who never paid, have never made a single payment on their student loans? they're the ones getting rewarded. Uh, So it's, it's kind of a a finicky situation where um, I can see both sides of the matter, but it's definitely, at the end of the day, it doesn't necessarily help anybody, you know, because it doesn't really affect your credit that much it doesn't really affect your uh debt to income ratio that much it's just there it's just there on your credit karma or wherever you check your credit it's just there it says you owe this much and and you don't have to pay it i mean you just it's there what you they can't take your education away you know what i mean they can't they can't put it they don't put it into any sort of um whatever the word is, a collection. They don't put it in collections. It's just always there. The U.S. Department of Education will always have your student loans under their, unless you you go to a private bank and you get it privatized. But, I mean, for the most part, people have their, we're not even talking about those because these student loans are federal student loans that are getting paid off. And those are just going to always be there. And like I said, they don't affect your credit. They don't affect your ability. really. They don't really affect your debt-to-income ratio. But it just looks bad and it's just, it looks bad on yourself. But even if you keep paying it, you pay the whatever the payment is with the interest, it's still there because it's such a big number. I mean, you have, there's no term. This, this, these loans are so crazy because there's no term, there's no interest rate. I mean, there's no real, they could say, okay, well, we've got 30 years that you can pay this off. But no one ever does it. I mean, it usually takes 40 to 50 years. They're always going to be lingering there uh, in the background. But I don't know. You don't have to pay it back. That's what I tell people. Why are you even worrying about this? I mean, I get that, like, they can put it, they can maybe take it out of your income or your tax return or whatever, but they don't because they want you to build interest on it. They want it to be more because then they can get it later. But they don't ever get it later on. (laughs) These, These student loans are the biggest, like, Craziest jokes I've ever seen because there's no real rules to them, and there's there's no.
0: It's like it's is. Is the U.S. like at like two trillion or something like that? A, a student loan debt?
1: I yeah, guarantee it. Because I mean, if you think of the thousands and thousands of people who've gone to college, the thousands just let's just take like just USC alone because USC is like fifty grand a semester. So you know, in four years, you're paying like two hundred fifty three hundred thousand dollars, and they I think. They don't really go by semester, they go by quarters because it's a California thing or it's a West Coast thing. It's really weird. But um, I mean, you're talking a $200,000 education at USC. That's why they call it the University of Spoiled Children because you got to have money to go there. Nobody really go, I mean, I guess there are some kids who get in because their parents are famous or whatever, but at the end of the day, they're getting their money and they don't care who's paying them. I mean, they don't care if the federal government's paying them, what bank or whoever's paying them, they just want their money. And that's the biggest problem is not the student loans. It's, it's the bureaucracy and, and the money mongering of these colleges. Because, man, as a, as a sports management major, I don't know why the fuck I was taking, you know, some of the classes I was taking. Why do I got to take Chinese history? I liked it. But, I mean, why am I paying $500 for a Chinese history class? Be a sports management major. Why am I taking I mean there are lots of classes like that where I was like this doesn't make sense. Especially your freshman year, they stack you up with so many just like beginners classes, like welcome to college. Uh like I've been to school before. I know how I mean, I know what I'm doing.
0: The art of dance. Like, why don't you learn the art of dance for? Yeah. I
1: mean maybe like you as a as an offensive lineman, it could have been beneficial, but you know, on the on the on the field, using those those No I
0: I didn't imply shit. I didn't imply nothing. I got like a smooth <laughs> eight, 75. It made me feel bad yeah, about it. Yeah, I
1: got... But you know, it's getting... I got like a... I have college algebra. I was like, I just need to get a C to pass because I was just... I just wanted to get... I, I had like a 70... Like a 70.1 or whatever. Just barely got through. It was a like, good deal. Cs get degrees. I'm cool with it. But at the same time, it's like... There's sometimes... I remember being in college thinking why am i doing this class why do i need this class going forward it doesn't make any sense to me and then i you know the obvious answer is that the university just wants your money because that's all a liberal arts degree is is it's just how much money you're willing to pay to tell people you learn things
0: did you ever have a teacher tell you that college is game before like in college you ever have had one of those teachers
1: yeah oh yeah I, mean, I think i had an english teacher like that <laughs>
0: I had a U.S. politics teacher. He was just like, honestly, uh, y'all. A lot of y'all are here just to become good citizens. He was like, "This is not here to make y'all better." And he was like, "This is only here to make you guys puppets for the system." And I was just like, "Damn!" Like, he just said it so abrupt out of nowhere, and I was just like, "Yo, I'm like, I guess yeah. you're
1: right." It's it's kind of it's one of those things where at least now we're there are more trade schools out there, um, and they're growing trade schools. That's so making it a little bit easier. For some. But the problem is it's a vicious circle, and you know this, is that when you graduate college, you have to have experience to get a job. But that job, and the job requires you to have a degree and experience, but it's like, you don't have both. I've been too busy trying to get my degree. I haven't been working, so now I can't really get a job. So even then, it usually takes three to four years to really get a decent job to start paying on those student loans uh, outside of just living. Um, So it's it's hard out there because you just kind of you you go in straight into adulthood with massive debt, and it's just I don't, I don't know. It's a it's a crazy system, but it's a system that makes the higher ups a lot of money, and that's at the end of the day what matters. All
0: right, all right, it's getting late, Justin. Yeah, for sure. What is there any is there anything uh is there anything you want to promote? Any tags you want to put out right um,
1: now? No, not exactly. No, I wouldn't say so. I will say, uh, go Rams. We uh, we play Thursday night against the Bills, so I'm uh, I'm excited to stay home, sit home, and with some chicken wings and a couple maybe natty lights, and sit back and watch the Rams play. I am going to fly out to L.A. next month uh, to watch them play against the Panthers. Uh, SoFi is beautiful, and I'm excited. I know. I feel bad for you being an Eagles fan down in Dallas. I can't imagine that's very easy. Uh I love it. i will be telling them to suck it all Yeah, time. I think I think this it. year you guys uh have a have a good chance at We have
0: the best we have the best chance at all. I feel like I have yeah. the oh, add the NFC East. Right l- now, lucky so. for
1: you you guys are in the NFC East and you just got like the Giants and, I, I and, right, and, those, and the I commanders. But it's gonna be <laughs> I think Hey, you know, Jalen Hurts has got, what, A.J. Brown and, and I mean, Devontae Smith. So I think you guys have got a, a pretty decent little crew. I think you guys might do some damage.
0: It's going to be an interesting year. But all right, y'all. It's your boy, Trader Realist. Please follow me on all my social media platforms at RAC underscore podcast. Uh, please donate to my Patreon, patreon.com slash RAC podcast that goes to all everything you see right now things getting better or you can just cash at me at cash app at, at the cashable Traven Mabel whatever easiest for you I'm trying to you know put out some more videos for you guys give out better content so please just stick with this journey with me I appreciate everything if you are watching this please like subscribe comment Three seconds to you is the world to me, and I really do appreciate it. So if you have anything out there that you want to, uh, want me to promote, reach out to me. I can do that for you. Just remember to love your loved ones and always be real. It's your boy, Trader Realist. Peace.